Hey everyone, welcome to a live QA number 139. It's uh, the weekend before the holidays, before Christmas, and uh, I am very jet lagged. <laughs> Let me go ahead and mute this. See, I almost didn't mute it. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so what's going on? Let's do some quick things for the uh, newcomers. If you're watching this episode, uh, whatever the uh, highlighted question of the week or most interesting or longest that we talked about question will be in the uh, in the uh, I don't know, thumbnail and the uh, the title. So the questions are indexed down below. So if you're curious about any of the questions or anything we talk about, there'll be an index when you guys watch this again on replay. And if you want to listen to it as a podcast, you can do that as well as on iTunes and SoundCloud and those sources. And uh, most people prefer to listen as a podcast, but of course it's up to you. And this week will be a little different because I am very jet lagged. Since the last time we talked, since last Friday, I have been to San Francisco. I've been to London. I have been to Germany. Um, and I know somewhere else. Somewhere else. Oh, I was in Chicago for a minute. <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I'm, I mean, literally, uh, I, this is probably the most jet lagged I've ever been. Yesterday, I slept for... 12 hours was up for four and then went back to sleep. I think another 10 hours. So that'll tell you how much it took to get, uh, <laughs> get back on track. What was I doing? Some of you guys are probably wondering what was going on. Actually, believe it or not, this has been something in the works for a long time since, Oh, I don't know. Uh, June, uh, June, um, Sadowski guitars and basses. If you're familiar with them, Roger Sadowski, uh, who makes amazing uh, bass guitars and electric guitars, of course, that we all know. If you're in the high-end market, you know who he is. Has made a deal with Warwick uh, Framus so that they are the exclusive distributor of his of license, exclusive distributor of his, his product. So he'll continue to make Sadowski NYC, in other words, uh, just a few bases out of his shop, him personally with his, a crew. Uh, this will be something done, uh, of course, you know, for those that want the, the highest end you know, Sadowski instruments that they've always wanted, but now there'll be new options. And some of the options are you can buy a, uh, a uh, custom shop Sadowski out of Germany, or you can buy a Metro base, which is like a more of a not mass produced, but mass produced uh, Sadowski out of the German facility or the Metro express, which is his uh, lowest price line. And those will be made probably in China. And then you can get a, a more, uh, this will be the least expensive Sadowski ever brought to the consumer market. Um, some of you guys are probably not sure what's interesting about that. Uh, but what I will tell you is this. Uh, there are a few people on a list on, on one hand that I can put that I was like, man, if I ever get to meet them, I'm going to pick their brain. And Roger Sadowski was one. And I did. Uh, that man uh, probably, he seems to still like me. <laughs> I hope he still does because I probably uh, asked him about 6,000 questions. I kind of felt a little uh, starstruck talking to him most of the time. Uh, during breakfast, during lunch, during the dinner, during every minute in between. I had a lot of pre-loaded questions for him. Then I thought of questions while I was there and I just picked his brain and uh, it was great. It was great to be around that caliber of master luthier, even though he said, which is something I even like more about him. He doesn't like to be called a luthier. Um, he likes to be called a guitar builder. And, um, you know, I love that. I love that about them. He's a very down to earth dude. So, that's what I was doing, uh, and that uh, was all under, uh, you know, I wasn't allowed to talk about it or share it until it happened, and now that it's happened, I can share most of what I know with you guys. Okay, uh, let's see. 
let's see what else <laughs> i hope this is a good episode i'm not tired guys i'm just a little lethargic from from the the plane rides as you guys know it takes a it takes a day to get to europe basically if you have to if you don't get a direct flight um so it's just a lot of traveling and time zone differences um what else do we got i know there's some super chats and some stuff uh <laughs> hey eddie did a some jet lag recovery brew funds yeah uh that's the thing that's the thing that stinks when you come back you you, you pretty much don't want to drink or anything because you're it's just caffeine to keep you up you're trying to get back on your you know your my clock so but i appreciate it uh very much and uh but that was a big deal it was really fun to do too by the way and while we're there i we, we shot some content and we did some stuff because we were there and uh and it was really cool okay so let's get i know you guys got some questions because i've seen them come in let's hit matt wells real quick matt wells got a question he says hey phil any advice to stop the voices transmiss transmitting from my amp when guitar volume is turned down i'm in a small apartment not many places to move the amp around thanks Stop the voices transmitting. What voices? Uh, from my amp. That's, I don't understand the question, Matt. I'm really confused. Okay. So I understand you're playing your amp in a, an apartment. Are you trying to say like radio transmissions are coming through your amp? I hope that's what you mean. Cause I, you know, I understand the stopping the voices part. Um, my guess is if there's trans, if there's voices coming through your amplifier, Hold on, I'm reading it double, just to make sure I'm double sure. The your problem could be your guitar cables. They're so really because remember, think of it, your amplifier as part of an antenna, of course. But those cables are going to really make that a bigger problem than normal. So you can be using. So my first question would be: you Are you using quality guitar cables, not expensive ones? Please don't confuse the two. There is a big difference between a quality guitar cable and an expensive one. Um, so, I mean, I, I, you can find a quality guitar cable for $20 and less. No problem. No problem. But sometimes, you know, guitar cables are, are junk and, and that's where you have to watch that, where you, where you buy them. That could be part of your problem. Uh, it could also be coming from your guitar, but either way, um, I would check that first. Okay. What else? We got another one right here. Let's see if it lets me go right to it. Nope. See, I hate how. <laughs> steampunk uh <laughs> says i've heard voices on my amp from neighbors back in the 70s so maybe this is a thing i don't know about you can hear people like in other rooms talking to your amp like microphonically is that what you guys are talking about it kind of makes sense right i guess that's what you're saying is you are you staring there with your guitar when you're not playing the people are voices from the other rooms because you're so close are coming through your amp. i've never had that experience um so that's a new one for me so that one would definitely need to be talked about more because I've never even heard of such thing. But I guess it makes sense because technically you are creating a microphone with your with your guitar and your amp. Um, Alexander says, what's the perfect tool to smooth out uh, sharp fret edges? Um, it's going to be the uh, the uh, my favorite by far is the Stumac crowning for not crowning fret, uh, fret finishing fret end file. Uh, I will put a link. Uh, to Stu Mac. I'll put it direct to Stu Mac. If I put it through Amazon, you know, Amazon, I get affiliate links, but Stu Mac ups the prices for their stuff on Amazon. So that's why I can't, I have trouble putting the Amazon links. So I just put you straight to Stu Mac. Um, it just doesn't make sense to pay more because trust me, I don't get enough to make that even make sense. Even if you wanted to do it as a thing to help the channel. Um, 
But uh, that's the, the file I use. In fact, I use that file. In fact, there's only one file I could ever use. That would be the file I use. And there's a lot of great files, or I should say uh, capable files outside the StuMac realm. You know, I would never tell anybody, hey, you have to buy all these files from one, from one place. You can buy files anywhere. This one file, though, I found it to be pretty magical to where the point is I've found almost no shops, repair shops, luthier shops that I've been in where they're not using that same file. It seems like we're all kind of been gravitating towards that file. So it's the Fred and Dress file. That's the one I would recommend. It's not expensive. Uh, I, it might be, I think it's under $10. doesn't matter what it is. Um, it takes you a while to wear that file out. It's basically, we call it a file, but it's really like, it's just diamond, uh, you know, diamond, uh, flakes stuck on the metal you know what i mean i don't know if there's a term for that i mean technically it's a file too but what i mean by it's not a file it's not one directional you can go back and forth like sandpaper which is nice and it it, it takes a, a beating the only time i've had trouble is, of course when you do stainless steel it, it'll wear that thing out pretty fast but you know that's just the way that goes that's the one i, ch I would check out and like i said when you check back i'll put a link on this uh when on this index question when i'm indexing it and uh, I have many videos where I've used it. In fact, I've never used anything but that file in at least 15 years. Uh, and I've tried, trust me. Everything with Stu Mac. So it's interesting because almost every tool I've ever used from Stu Mac, I can honestly tell you this without any, any kind of shuddering or you know any kind of doubt in my mind. Every tool I currently use at Stu Mac from Stu Mac, I have tried to find a cheaper version because of course, right? Uh, it has nothing to do with anything other than, you know, what people don't understand is that when I'm repairing guitars, those costs come out of my profit line. So of course I want to maximize my profit line. I don't use more expensive tools for any stupid reason. Like, oh, it's just, I'm cooler if I use a nicer tool or somehow, you know, I mean, I, there's just no connection that way. It literally is. If there's a cheaper, less expensive tool I can use, that will net, net me the same result or a better result. I'm going to use it. But a lot of times I just couldn't find a workaround for those. And there's that's some of the list. Uh, in fact, you know, that might be a fun list. Let me guys know if you're interested. Some people always ask for the list. I have on my website, the Know Your Gear website, you know, list of tools I use. But maybe I should do like a top 10 tools that, uh, Stu Mac tools that I literally, these are the only tools I would buy from Stu Mac and I wouldn't consider them anywhere else. Because like, there's a lot of tools, like for instance, like fret rockers, um, I use a Stumac fret rocker for the most part, but I mean, I've tried the other ones and I, I'm fine with them. Um, I, I'm sure there's a, a, a really bad fret rocker out there on Amazon that can be pretty detrimental to your frets. But the ones I've purchased off Amazon, I've even did a video that was like $3 versus the Stumac, you know, $25 one. I could not say Yes, definitely spend the difference. There's no comparison. Um, a lot of the measuring tools, again, are pretty accurate, uh, you know, that I like outside of the Stumac world. So there's a lot of tools outside of Stumac that are that are really good that I would, um, if you're not worried about, let's say the, uh, uh, I'm trying to say, if you're not worried about having the service, because that's sometimes what I care about too with the Stumac tools is that, you know, if I have an issue with it, I can contact them for, like, for instance, I think I've told this before, I had a Stumac tool that broke and uh, I contacted and they replaced it right away because it was warranted for that for a lot for a longer period, longer duration than most tools. And I'm definitely jet lagged anyways. Uh, so maybe let me know if you're interested in that idea. Maybe that'd be cool. Something where I go through and just pick the tools in my list that are at Stumac because some Stumac tools I have just because I have them. Like I said, that is true. Um, I bought it. I liked it. But 
I found cheaper since then. And if it's time to upgrade or, or move, you know, again, again, another tool, I'll, I'll do that. But some tools, I just stick with them in the fret and dress is one of them for sure. Okay, here's another one. I'm just handing on the super chats right now just because they're popping out colors at me. Adam says, any news or rumors on Fender using Rosewood on Mexican guitars again? I have not heard that, uh, that they will be doing that. What I can tell you is, and because uh, I don't know what day today is. Today's the 20th. 20th, I think the 18th. The 18th this month, the Rosewood law is now the, the exclusion of musical instruments is, takes effect or took effect. So as of the 18th of this month, there is no uh, CITES law for musical instruments with rosewood. So if you guys uh, understand what that means, I'll clarify just to make sure. Some of you guys are aware of that for in January of 2018, the CITES law took effect that made it to where if you had any kind of rosewood, except for Brazilian, that's a separate thing. We'll talk about that in a second. Any kind of rosewood, babinga, and uh, I think Purple Heart. Please, I'm not sure about the Purple Heart, but I am sure about Babinga and Rosewood. If you had any of those woods on your instrument, you would now require you to have paperwork, documentation to transport them, new or used, it didn't matter, or sorry, ship them, new or used, it didn't matter. You could take them on you personally places, uh, up to 30 pounds of Rosewood, um, but the new amendment that kicked in on the 18th now says that if it's for a musical instrument, you're no longer required to have the paperwork. So what does that mean? It means exactly what I'm saying. As of the 18th this month, musical instrument manufacturers are no longer required to have CITES paperwork documentation for any rosewood uh, if they're shipping it. So it's back to the way it was before. Again, the there was some lobbying done. My understanding is that uh, somebody at PRS was one of the head people, you know, kind of spearheading the this this uh, this um. I don't know, this group that talked to the CITES community about making this exe exemption. The exemption has been made. So uh, the question, Adam, your, to answer your question is, if Fender goes back to Rosewood, they can now because the cost that they were taking on before um, isn't there. Will they? I don't know. I would expect that they would. I would expect that using Rosewood is without the CITES paperwork is going to be less expensive than the Payo Faro again. But who knows? But that'd be my guess. My guess is they go back. Yeah. So who who knows? <laughs> All right. What else do we got? I know uh, I'll do a non-separate chant in a second. Let me get to Bruce's question real quick as soon as I find it. Sorry, Bruce, because I see it. It's big and orange. The new screen really highlights the super chats, man. It really puts it right in front of my face. Bruce says, uh, where's the best... Where's best to buy a new custom shop Les Paul? I'm curious if it's better to buy one from Sweetwater or from a brick and mortar or elsewhere. Spoiler, I already bought it from Sweetwater. <laughs> this is the easiest question ever. Um, Bruce, I think you should get it from Sweetwater. No, seriously. Uh, I want your thoughts and uh, and to support you. Well, I appreciate, Bruce, you, you trying to support the channel. And uh, let me give you my honest to goodness answer back. Uh, even knowing that you bought it at Sweetwater, which isn't going to matter because uh, I agree with your decision. Custom shop, Les Paul. If I was going to, I always like to do, to gear questions like this, like, you know, where they're personal, you know what I mean? It's your personal preference. If I was to buy a custom shop, Les Paul, where would I decide to purchase it from? I would probably only buy it from one of two per places, to be honest. I would buy it from uh, Wildwood Guitars because uh, I met Steve, the owner at Wildwood Guitars once. He, he, he bought me dinner. He's a very nice guy. Um, and I like the way they do business as a store. Uh, and I like the personal attention and service I get from them. 
that being said, I could say the same things now with Sweetwater. You know what I mean? I, I like the personal service I get from Sweetwater. Um, they have a good credibility. Obviously, uh, as you guys know, I've, I've bought stuff from Sweetwater, done reviews, and I've been happy and unhappy. And every time they took care of me, there's no issue. I've never complained about Sweetwater themselves, if you notice, because I've always been taken care of by them. So uh, those are the two I would buy it from. So and then I would, you know, decide from basically availability and price at that point. But those are the two equal parties. Um, stuff like this, where it's a big purchase and it's a little scary, it's sometimes nice to deal with a, a, a company the size of Sweetwater who is going to be able to financially handle whatever craziness comes your way. What I mean by that is, you know, it's a very expensive endeavor. And if you're not happy, you know, you want to be able to go to them and, and trust that if they tell, if you tell them your problem, they're not looking at their bottom line only. They're looking at you coming out ahead too, as well. Um, they Sweetwater is one of the stores of, of the day, today's age that gets the bigger picture. Here is the bigger picture. So, you know, um, look at all the guitars I have. Okay. I buy guitars. It's just a thing. We are, all, if you're watching this channel, you either buy guitars, you want to buy guitars, or maybe you're watching this to remind yourself how crazy it got for you at one point. And maybe you're knocking it off. The point is we buy guitars. A place like Sweetwater gets it. They get that if you analyze one purchase, that they look at one thing I buy and it doesn't work out for them because maybe they gave me a discount or maybe I, I returned it or maybe I wasn't happy with it. They don't look at that one instance. They look at the fact that they can look at it and say, this, this person's going to buy lots of product from us over the next few years and already done so. So that's the big picture. And that's what you want when you're buying, especially expensive instruments. That's the really thing. That's what I've learned. And that's why I said about uh, 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 Wildwood guitars. They're another entity that understands that you don't buy one, you know, two, three, four thousand $4,000 guitar from them. You buy many. So they're looking for the next five opportunities as well. And that's, and that takes a certain kind of store to have that kind of faith because the truth is a lot of stores could go, well, they'll just buy one for me and never see me again. So I got to make sure I make money on this one. It happens. And, you know, and it's scary to give up that kind of money. So I think the, the, the general consensus is for a lot of people is that if you buy a $3,000 guitar, it's because you have a lot of money. The truth is there are people who make not a lot of money and buy a $3,000 guitar because that's all they have. I, you know, Hey, we're musicians. Everybody understands this. I had a friend once who had a spare tire. This is a true story. He has spare tire on his back tire. Okay. The donut tire. And he just bought a PRS. <laughs> and I should point out the reason why he had the donut tire on his car is because he couldn't afford a tire. He had just bought his PRS. That's a musician's mentality. <laughs> I'm not making fun of it. Cause I'm just as we've done it. I'm just as guilty. Okay, let's do a non super chat. I, I see another one super chat, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it just because it's been a couple. Um, let, let's see. Hold on a second. Oh, I should remind you guys if you have a question, do the question mark first. It lets me when I'm scrolling see this stuff, especially on the on the screen where I can highlight your question. I kind of want to hit those screens so you can all read it along. You guys seem to like that. Although it's hard to to do that, the uh, okay. Here's one from Rob. He says triple question mark, which is good. Maybe easy, made it easy for me to see. Phil, are you going to Nam next month? If so, what are the most interested? Uh, what are you most interested in uh, taking a look at? Okay, so the answer is yes. I am going to go to the Nam next month. I will be at the Nam show. In fact, I will be at before the Nam show. I will be there like three days before the NAMM show starts. So I'm going to be there a long time next 
uh, this next NAM this next year. Uh, so, cause I think I'll be there from like a Monday till Sunday. So long as I've ever been at a NAM show. Um, so yes, the answer then will be, I will be at the NAM show. Uh, I don't know how much I will spend at the actual show, but I know I'll be there to go through some booths and do some stuff. Uh, I have a cool idea that I want to execute on the first day, Thursday. I think you guys will like, but that being said, uh, what I'm excited about, I'm excited to see, cause I'm an Ibanez freak and cause I'm curious, I'm excited to see what the new Steve, I, um, guitar is going to be and uh and uh uh i'm just you know kind of curious to see what that is uh scuttlebutt you know lately on what's coming out i haven't heard a whole lot of stuff i haven't heard anybody like teasing a whole lot of stuff um you know uh so that's the only thing i've really heard about that's interesting me but to be honest with you i haven't heard a whole lot of other stuff so i'm trying to think anything else oh you know what i'm actually curious to see the new ltd esp lineup that I'm curious about. Um, I'm also curious to see the new Fender Artist Series guitars. Uh, you know, obviously they made the announcement they're going to do a lot of female artist guitars. I'm curious about that because I don't know who they are. You know what I mean? I'm not very versed in the female artists uh, that are out there. I know, uh, I know female artists. I know pretty much the typical as a typical guitar player. I know the typical female artists. And what's great about stuff like this is, and this has happened before with Fender to give them uh, accolades where they would highlight artists that I'd never heard of a smaller uh, kind of indie artists. They've done stuff like this in the past. And so I didn't get the impression I could be wrong. I didn't get the impression that they're kind of trying to find the big uh, female acts out there that they're finding some indie artists. So it's cool because not only do you get to see the cool guitars and something different, then I get to go ahead and pull out my phone and go on iTunes and try to pull up some of their music and check some stuff out. It's always nice to check out new stuff. Um, I'm always in a musical rut. <laughs> I'm always just like burn out of my, my playlist. I'm always looking for something new. I did not inherit the, uh, I love to listen to everything I listened 20 years ago and there's nothing been better. I'm the exact opposite. Um, there's uh, same with movies, by the way, too. Anybody tries to get too nostalgic with movies will be sorry because I like quoting lines from old movies because that's fun. But old movies generally I do not enjoy. It's like I enjoy new, everything new. I want to see a new movie. I want to see new music. I want it new, new stuff. I want to go to new places. Uh, so new stuff ex excites me more than just the old stuff. Okay, let's go ahead and. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Here's another one with a lot of question marks. Uh, Gibson Les Paul circa 85 was a reissue. How can I find info on it? 59, 58 can't find which one. Um, you know, I don't know. I would imagine uh, I could tell you, you can't, you can, it's strange when I hear stuff like you can't find information on that. I, I would Im imagine James, you could, you couldn't Google that and then find some kind of forum dedicated to it. Forums are usually great places to find certain information like that. They also could lead to massive headaches by the way, because forums are that fun too. But, uh, usually there's some kind of source online source for information, uh, to do that. Anyone watching right now that knows a cool source for that it's been a while since i've had to look up uh an 85 reissue gibson um one of the things james that makes it tough for me a little bit on the reissue on this like the vintage era stuff i have a couple friends that are vintage collectors and i can always ask them because of personal history with them a question like this but generally speaking i couldn't refer you to them because they don't really do the whole they're not like i'm set up where it's like ask me a question and i would love to handle it they're more of a they're in it for, you know, to make money on selling and buying guitars. So if you, if you call them, they're going to want to try to buy it or sell you something. 
Uh, so, but I would check there. I would, I know it's a horrible answer, but I would check online to see if there's an online resource for that. There's gotta be. Cause I, I mean, I took tons for fenders and everything else. It exists. Okay. Hold on a second. Let's let me grab another one. There's 500 of us and it's like moving. Normally it doesn't move. It moves faster, but I'm a little more tired than normal. Oh, here we go. Uh, Sander says, just because keep on keeping on. Well, that was an easy thing to, a to answer. Thanks, Sander. <laughs> on that note, I'll take a sip of water. I got my Barry Manilow final tour mug. It's been a while since I've took this out on the show. As I remind everybody, yes, that I am a Barry Manilow fan. Um, you know, cause he's awesome. That's why. Uh, let's see. Carlos says, hey, Phil, just got my Charvel Pro Mod Sandemus T-Type HHFR. So HH Humbucker, Humbucker, FR Floyd Rose. Bought it based on your view. Great guitar, real light, and super smooth. Oh, cool. I'm glad you like it. Um, you know, it's funny. It's funny. It's It never gets, I don't want to say old because it's not that. It's not, it's, it's never gets non-strange, I think is the word. I'm not term it's always sounds weird every time somebody says, Oh, I watched something you did and I bought something because of what you, you know, the video. And it's, it sounds like that sounds like it makes sense. But to me, it's always like, really? And uh, I'm always happy to hear that. But I also become super sensitive to, I have to make sure when I'm doing my videos to be, to highlight the negatives and highlight the positives. Cause I'm always afraid, like what happens if somebody makes that wrong purchase? And I somehow had somehow had something to do with it. And uh, what's funny was I had something that happened and just cause it reminded me of this and it may remind me of Charvel, um, Carlos, the Charvel video. I just did the DK 24, um, uh, roasted maple neck. That video cracked me up the most because I had a close friend email me and say, Oh, I like that video. And I, all right, he go, he just bought, he bought one. And so that one was weird for me because I'm like, wow, he's my friend. We talk, you know, all the time. And he, here he is. He's like, he watched a video and bought something. But more importantly, um, I like that Charvel video so much myself. I was watching it that I bought another Charvel. So I got another DK24. In fact, what's going to happen is I'm going to do another DK24 uh, guitar review. Because if you guys watched my year-end summary review, you'll see I talked about that that green one got fret sprout after a while. And... Um, and uh, a couple customers brought me guitars and they had fret sprout and I took care of that. And I got a new one because I really wanted it and it has fret sprout. So the question became, uh, I was like, well, it must be an Arizona thing because it's really dry here. And then somebody sent me a personal message saying, hey, they bought one after watching my video and theirs has fret sprout and they live you know, somewhere else. And so I'm uh, noticing that. So I'll be addressing the uh, that issue with the new one and also talking about what I'm doing to correct that on mine. So that way you guys can see it because it's a great guitar and it does seem to be a problem that they're having. You know what I mean? Or at least it comes across they're having that way. My guess is, and, and there's a re and you know what, I don't want to kind of, you know, spoil a, a video, uh, but there's going to be a reason why I'm going to tell you why in a weird way, Fred Sprout on a roasted maple neck might be a positive thing in a weird way. So we'll talk about that. Okay. So Eugene says, Phil, I have a run 50 and I need a 212 cabinet because uh, lugging my old 412 around is killing me. The Friedman 212 is $900. I know. <laughs> By the way, Eugene, I understand. I just bought, it's not here yet, but I bought a Dirty, dirty Shirley Mini. So I was very excited. The best thing about tra traveling to Europe and coming back was I didn't have to sit here waiting for the run or the, uh, the Dirty Shirley. So 
Uh, I have one coming, so I understand that. Uh, anyways, Freeman 212 is $8.99. How does the Harley Benton 212 that you did a video on compare to it? Um, they're different animals because of the vert vertical horizontal thing, uh, but there's a Harley, Harley Benton horizontal cabinet if you want to be more like the Friedman cabinet. That uh, What I can tell you is this. Uh, I understand what you're saying. I have a Friedman 112 cabinet. I love that cabinet. It is punchy and it sounds great. That being said, like you, I feel the pain, man. $900 for a cabinet is a lot. The things I would mention to you is this is what I ended up doing. This is what happened with me. Um, as you guys know, I have a couple of Marshall cabinets. I have a couple of cabinets and I got the Harley Benton cabinet. And for me, it was a very eye-opening experience because the Harley Benton cabinet at $230 was ever been as good as any cabinet I had in the room. What I mean by that is I could argue that my Marshall was a little better or this cabinet was a little bassy or this cabinet was a little, you know, had a little more high-end uh, treble, but um, the Harley Benton was sufficient in every way. I, it was a good sounding cabinet. And, um, so that led me down the road of, okay, well then I want something special. So that's why I had the Mojo Tone custom cabinet made. If you guys saw the video, the Mojo Tone custom cabinet wasn't me saying, oh, this is the only cabinet that's going to sound good for me. It was, I want something special. If I'm going to spend $900 on a cabinet, I want something special. And that's why I did that. The Mojo cabinet that I had made, um, with speakers in it and all in, uh, was in the six, six ish range. So again, you know, it was like saving a couple hundred bucks and having something unique and different. But that being said, to answer your question, I think that if you got the Harley Benton 212 with the vintage 30s in it, the good speakers, I think you'd be pleasantly pleased and happy. So little, they're light. Um, the Runt 50, though, head, I think, is wider than the 212 vertical. So just, you know, it's going to stick out a little bit on the sides, or you've got to look at the horizontal cabinet. But I still stick with, like I said before, the Harley Benton cabinet is a hard cabinet to beat. And I can tell you, every time I talk to a cabinet manufacturer in the U.S., when I talk about that video... The first thing out of their mouth is, so how did they do it? How did they get it down to 200 bucks? And then I tell them, you know, they, when I tell them they do 5,000, they did 5,000 cabinets. Every manufacturer I've talked to gasped. Like, that's a big deal. That's a lot of cabinets. There's a reason why Holler Benton prices are where they are. They're buying in a huge volume. The Toman guys are smart. That's why they're the biggest store in Europe. Okay. And I already did Carlos, right? Sorry, Carlos. Clicking on the wrong. Let me do another one. Maybe. <laughs> Here you go. Here's from uh, Raymond. Raymond says, $30 gift for my father-in-law acoustic guitarist. So you're asking for a recommendation for a $30 gift for your father-in-law who's an acoustic guitarist. Huh. Oh, this is a tough. These are the, That's the toughest question, so you know. By far. Because it doesn't, I don't have any expertise to, you know, or any kind of history to bounce off of this is just like a what's a good gift i'm a horrible gift giver um you know uh they they make crappy gifts uh, for people like me like you know I, you buy people snuggies and chia pets because i'm like i'm i don't know what to pick um so a 30 dollars gift for acoustic guitar player I have nothing good to say. I have no good answers. Isn't that horrible? That's why I really have never done a gift guide video. I've done like one back in the day. And then I last year's gift get, get video was the gifts I don't think you want to give. Um, and the reason also I should mention I'm not good at gifts. I haven't physically opened a wrapped gift since I was 12. <laughs> I don't do gifts. Uh, I give them, but I don't like taking them. Every, and what happens is my friends and family are very aware of that. It's something I don't enjoy. 
I wish it's such a Scrooge kind of vibe to have. I, and I get it uh, on birthdays and stuff, but I'm just not a, uh, I'm not an open presence kind of person. <laughs> so it's just not my thing. It does. I don't, I don't, eh, I don't dig it. So I'm horrible at this, uh, this answer. I would love to hear somebody else's thought. I'm trying to think like of a cool, I'm trying to think of a cool gift period that I like. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're acoustic or a electric guitar player, something that's really cool. Somebody says an acoustic guitar gift box. The, uh, hold on. I'll tag that one. Oh, you know what? Uh, Jay Thornton says, what about a setup or repair gift card? That's a good idea. You know, okay. I have a, I have an idea. Thanks. Jay gave me a great idea. Uh, uh, Raymond, here's a cool idea for a gift. Um, you know what the best, I, I, I do follow a rule when I give gifts. I should, I should have thought of that. When I give gifts, I follow one rule, which is it has to improve somebody's health or life in some way. So I do that with my kids. I do it with my wife, my friends. I get a gift and it's, it's really about health, right? You have to make some, it's just an easy way to kind of theme your gifts all the time. So what happens is, is one of the things you can do for your father-in-law is get him some kind of instructional thing for the guitar. So get him a, a book or get him some lessons, uh, you know, online lesson program for the month or something like that. Getting something that's going to make him a better guitar player is a great gift. You know why? Because a lot of people appreciate gifts like that because it's things that they normally, we, we're all guilty of buying the shiny fun gadget and not the physical or not the instruction and not the things we need. Right. So getting them the thing that they need sometimes is a nice gift because it's something deep down everybody wants. No one ever goes, Oh, I got a, I got a, I got a lesson. Like it's great. Get them a, you know, you can even do a private like $30 lesson with uh, online with some famous guitar player. There's stuff like that out there. Or like I said, you can get them a, a lesson course, but do some kind of instruction or even if it's a, even if it's a book, a how to book and video series, something like that always goes over well. It's great. Um, I got a question. Hold on. I lost the person. I don't know where to grab it that it asked it. So I apologize if I don't have your name. Ah, here it is. Thomas. Thomas says the sire bases. Uh, what do you think? What's the secret of their nice quality? Sire bases. If you don't know who that is, that's um, um, Marcus Miller. You guys know I'm a huge Marcus Miller fan. Marcus Miller has got his own line of bases called sire bases and they're very good. One thing I understand about the sire bases that is unique is even though they're made in uh, import, I think Indonesian or Chinese made, they are made in their own factory. In other words, they're not made uh, like a lot of manufacturers that do those kind of import instruments where they're made OEM by another manufacturer overseas. They're not made by Cortec or a small Chinese or Indonesian company we've never heard of. They're made by uh, themselves. So part of the reason why they got their quality right is they're only making sire bases. So... That's where you get the most quality in factories is when you notice is like, think about this. The factory that's going to make one product all the time is going to get good at it. It's just the, just the rules of how it's going to work. Right. Um, you know, if they make sire bases for three months and then they got to switch over and start making something else and then something else and something else, there's going to be a variance in their quality and how they work at it and how they care. You know what I mean? So to answer your question, Thomas, I, I think, I believe that the success secret of the success of the sire bases is they are one of the companies that have their own manufacturing. In other words, that factory is theirs and it only makes their instruments. Um, back to that question. Uh, uh, Eric says, Hey Phil, how about a string swing or two as a gift? I love string swings. Those are great too. Uh, you know, it, th those could all fall into that same category. Instruction, you could fall under like support things for your instrument. Guitar stands are one.
That's funny. I'm sorry, I read one. It was just I. I was laughing at the name. Okay, Tony. Hey, Tony, what's up? He says, "Hey, Phil, if I had a guitar-shaped Christmas stocking, would you put it for me?" That's the best question ever. Hmm. That's a good question. So basically, if you had a Christmas uh, guitar-shaped Christmas stocking, what guitar would I put in it for him? Um, you know, I'm look, looking around. Probably that Vader. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I've been enjoying it playing more. In fact, today, this morning when I was playing, it was the first guitar I picked up since I got back and started playing. Um, it was really cool. It was a really cool guitar. Uh, I did the uh, review with Matt, and I really enjoyed it. And But since then, I've seen like I enjoyed it more. It's a really... Really cool guitar. It's growing on me. I liked it at first, and now I'm gr growing on me more. Very cool. Okay, and real quick, while we're doing this, I have another screen that kind of keeps all my Super Chats like stacked up for me, and I just want to make sure. There. I want to make sure that I, I'm, get, I'm not missing any. Um, hold on a second. Oh, Chicken Guitars. Okay, she wants to know, how's the Reachable working out? It's a cool concept, but I hope it doesn't interrupt your home life. Very interesting how you are balancing it at all. So if you guys recall, I put a link down below. Uh, last week, we talked about Reachable. Reachable is an app you can download on your phone, and uh, you can contact me 24 hours a day, and I'm supposed to respond within 24 to 48 hours. Although, keeping in mind, I think the people that can tell you that so far I've interacted with, uh, I don't think they're waiting even an hour uh, on average. The the thing that was most interesting about the Reachable app for me was I did it on last Friday show and then I was traveling all weekend and it was interesting to see how fast I could communicate with people. In fact, they were shocked that how fast I was communicating back and forth with everybody efficiently with graphs and I was I mean I was sending people blueprints and I mean some of the questions uh, that I get are really intense uh, that I answer and then the Reachable app seemed to have the the the, the highest of those those kind of questions. It's not just like these questions where it's like, you know, what guitar do you like for 500 bucks? It's like, Hey, I'm having a problem with this and it's cutting out, you know, what could be the ground issue? And then I have to send them like a schematic or I have to send them, you know, a, a part picture or something like that. Um, but to answer your question, um, the reachable thing actually was very efficient. In fact, it was so efficient. It made the way I do things and have been doing things for the last couple of years look like a joke. Um, it automatically notified me when you sent me a message, when it responded to the message, it put it in a queue for me. The app was doing on my end of it. It is like having a, it's like having a secretary or a personal assistant. I, I mean, literally I can see where I could handle probably 10 times the volume I'm currently handling in the reachable con in the reachable format because of the way they're, they're doing all the work, sorting it, sending it to me, you know, making sure when I answer it, it notifies it, it checks it a different color for me. Everything was easy to reach and understand. Um, so really cool. Uh, and thank you to everyone who signed up for the reachable and did that as well. It was really cool uh, interacting with you guys. In fact, what's cool is something happened. It's never happened before. Somebody just said, Hey, you ever seen these guitars before? And I hadn't, and I kind of felt like kind of like on the super chats here, I kind of felt bad. Like, man, they just paid five bucks to ask me if I heard of these guitars and I hadn't. So I actually sent, I forward that company, the guitar company, the, the reachable thing saying, Hey, this viewer wants to know if I'd be interested or if I know anything about your guitars, I don't. And uh, can we fix that? And the company reached back to me within a couple hours and said, sure, we'd like to send one out for you to review. And uh, so I sent back the message to the original sender and saying they're, copied them on the email saying, look, they're sending one out to review now. So uh, 
that was crazy. That had never happened before. So in a period of like three hours, a viewer reached out to me, asked me to review something. I got the company to send the product out so as to review it and worked out even even how uh, we can either return the product back to the uh, the sender or make it available for you guys to buy so you can buy it from them and I'll ship it straight to you so that they don't have to pay to ship it back because they're in Europe as well. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff. That was a really impressive stuff. So again, there's a link down below if you're interested in that. Um, back to the uh, chicken guitars. The, the heart of the question is interrupting my home life. Um, no, actually, it, it's actually more efficient. So um, my only concern, of course, is deep down, you know, you don't like the idea internally that you're going to have to charge people to do any inter interaction. And but I, I can definitely see where if, if this does take off, this is going to be a real problem for the regular emails day to day because I can pow I can power through so much of this. It's just uh, effective. So we'll keep adjusting it. I'm thinking about adjusting some things on it, some things I like and don't like about it, but all for the better for, for everybody. Nothing will be uh, worse for anybody else. It'll be better. So thank you for asking. Uh, Renee says, same price Epiphone Les Paul Tribute Plus or LTD ES EC1000. Um, I'm an uh, LTD EC1000. <laughs> the reason is, is because I want an Epiphone Les Paul. I talked about that I'm going to be doing a video uh, at some point where I'm going to get rid of one of my real Gibson Les Pauls. Real Gibson Les Pauls. I say it that way because I don't know. I don't know why we say real, but I, we all know what we mean. Uh, real Gibson Les Pauls and getting an Epiphone. But I got to admit, I've been wanting an, an LTD EC3 1000, EC1000 for a while in white. I just wanted an LTD EC1000 in white with EMGs in it. I don't know why I just don't get the stupid thing. Um, there are certain guitars. There's like, talk about how funny this is. There's like three guitars, maybe four, that in the last two, two and a half years I've wanted, but I don't buy because instead I buy stuff to review on the channel. It's a weird, weird thing. I don't know. And then every once in a while I go, why don't I just buy the thing I want and review that? But I think it's because it's not in line with what you guys are looking for. Uh, I got another question like that. Here's another one. It says, uh, I is shiny, shiny, is shinery kid, you kid, shinery, you kid. Man, you guys have the weirdest names. Is shinery, you kid. <laughs> Which would you buy if you had, if the money wasn't an option? CE custom 24. Custom 22, 594, double cut, or S2, custom 24. CE. I would buy the CE 24, and then I'd buy the custom 22. Uh, and uh, But CE. And here's why. Uh, I can even beat your question. Here's what I will tell you. I have all of those guitars you just said. Uh, the S2 custom 24 I don't have anymore, but I still have an S2 custom 22. And I have a 594. And I have a custom 24. And I have a CE 24. And of all of them, I like my CE24 the best. That is not going to be definitely everybody's answer. In fact, I want to preface that with, if I was asked 10 guitar players, I would imagine mine would be the only answer that comes out like that way. Because when I usually talk to the guitar players, they're like, really? Uh, there's just something about the bolt-on necks I like. It's just the vibe. It's a, I'm a Strat type player. I'm a, you know, to me, the CE is like, it's like the working man's PRS. And that's how I kind of see myself is I want PRS quality, but I don't need their, uh, you know, furniture polish looking stuff. You know what I mean? It's just not how I, I, I vibe. It's not how I go. So um, I like, here's the deal. From working on guitars all the years, I've learned to appreciate and love amazing fretwork. My love for PRS guitars is always about their fretwork. So that's why I have love for certain Japanese made Ibanez guitars and certain made uh, uh, Jackson guitars. And of course this, you know what I mean? So guitars that are just have really great fretwork, I, I find that just really appeal to me. 
That's why I like them. So um, what I like about PRS <laughs> is that what I've learned is the quality doesn't seem to move too much on that area. In other words, the S2 is the custom shop or custom core and the, uh, I should say core, the core, the S2 and the CEs all seem to have the same type of fretwork. In other words, I, 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 at least on my guitars, they all feel the same and sound the same when they, how the, the fretwork feels. So I like the CE. Um, okay. Huh. Columbia George says, adding a few coins to Ralph's tip jar. He need now he's obligated to come back on the live show. Ralph's big thing is he can only do Saturdays. So I have to mo move the live show to Saturdays. So, and I almost did it this week. I almost moved Friday show to Saturday. Um, and the last minute, it just didn't work out. So, um, hold on. Let me get back to the non, there was a lot of pen questions. Let me get back to some other stuff. Okay. Hold on. I'm just looking to see. Hold on, guys. I'm looking. I'm scanning the question marks right now. Metal Base. I'm just curious about the question. This is more for me. This is one of the few times I'm reading a question for me. Metal Base 1000 said, Reachable app sounds useful for handmade custom guitar and bass builder who takes pride in not just great instruments, but in great experience, keeping close contact with the client and recommended. I, I, you know, what's funny is here's what I could tell you about the reachable app. That's probably not going to be pleasant for a lot of people to hear. Um, it's funny to me how, how much a dollar can change the entire world. Uh, it's funny. It's just weird. What do I mean by this? I, use Craigslist. People post a guitar on Craigslist and put a stupid price. Like there's not even an attempt to be logical and sell the product. Right. Um, they'll put a guitar out and it's like, uh, you know, we've all seen them. It's dumb. It's like, uh, uh, bought this guitar for $1,200 at guitar center. You can steal it for 1150. And you're like, no one pays 1150 used for a $1,200 guitar. New. We see it all the time. There's so many instances of that on Craigslist where the sellers are my favorite seller on Craigslist. And I know this is weird that I'm, we're talking about reachable and I've jumped to Craigslist, but this is important. My favorite seller on Craigslist, when I mean favorite, I mean, what an ass is the, I don't care if I sell this seller. The one that's like, Hey, $600, but I don't care if I sell this. I'm like, I understand what you're trying to say. I just wish you could articulate yourself better. Say, I'm not interested in low ball, you know, getting low balled. I'm going to hold firm. People put that all the time. But when they put don't need to sell, so don't even try. You're like, I don't understand. You either want to sell this thing or don't want to sell this thing. You know what I mean? There, there's no shame in wanting to sell something. There's none that I can find. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, there's no shame to wanting to sell it. Even if you don't want to sell it, like have to sell those sucks. And I understand though, you know, sometimes you don't want to let somebody know you have to sell something because they might lowball you. But my point is, is people wouldn't put those on there if it was a dollar. Isn't that funny? That's why I was saying about the dollar uh, is that if you had to sell something or no, if you didn't have to sell something, you wouldn't pay a dollar to list it. But because it's free, you list it. I understand you're fishing to see if anyone's interested, you know what I mean? And, but it's weird to me. And my experience is it's already a pain in the butt when I'm emailing somebody on Craigslist because I'm interested in a product and I never get a response, which happens to us nine out of 10 times. They're already pre-telling you that they're not going to be interested. You know what I mean? So uh, my point is, is I want somebody to sell it almost as much as I want to buy it. How about that? Back to the reachable app. What I learned real quick with that was same thing. 
if somebody has to pay a dollar to ask a question, it seems silly. Like, why would you pay a dollar to ask a question? But what I've learned is the question is really thought out. It's really, and it's someone who's really interested in hearing your perspective. So it's funny to me, although I don't know why a dollar is valuable to me to answer a question, because when you really click the, when you really break down the time it takes to respond to these emails for the price, there's really no revenue stream there that I could say, ha ha, I'm going to get rich on this. Uh, it does automatically in interacting with those people. I feel like my patrons again, where I'm interacting with someone who's literally valuing my time. So I value your time back. That's how I look at it. Like, that's really how, how it seems. So to answer your question, Metal Base 1000, I agree. It would be weird to me that if Paul Reed Smith or if Roger Sadowski or, you know, um, you know, uh, John Sir, if they had a reachable app where you could pay $20 to ask them a question. Of course, keep in mind, mine's nothing like that. But I'm just saying, I'm giving a for instance for those guys. 20 bucks, you get to ask them a question. It seems almost silly, but then I realized... They would probably, it wouldn't be about the money. It would be the person who's going to pay 20 bucks is probably going to really want to have a really important question to them, not just a, hey, it'd be interesting to see what they say. And um, and the reason I say that is one of the things that are really deflating, and again, I try not to stay on the negative side, but it's important to talk about sometimes when we talk about this stuff. One of the things that really sucks, <laughs> just get right to it. One of the things that sucks about answering emails the way I do, somebody will send me a long email, I'll read it, I'll respond and my in my response is how I need more information for them to figure out how to help them. And I never get a response. And you're like, I'm so glad I spent the time taking time to respond back to you. And I'm sure some people feel the same way back to me that they, you know, interact with me and somehow I got lost. And, and so I don't take it personal because I wouldn't want anybody to take it personal if I've done the mistake back to them, but you get the idea. It's a little frustrating. This was very, very, very tuned in system. So very cool. Like I said, I can definitely see where I'm going to want to use this for a long time because of the fact that it really is a great way to communicate with people um, in that way. Uh, let's see. Okay, what else? Hold on. Looking for, well, I have another pin question. Let me go to it. How are we doing on time? I think we're we're down the 10 minute window, but Sander said, just because keep on keeping on. I appreciate that. I think it's because of Christmas. You guys are really crazy with the super chats, super chats today. It looks like there's a lot, lot of them. Um, Hmm. Bruce, I hate this because I don't think I know the answer to your question, which is what do I think of gig rig power supplies? I don't know them at all. For power supplies, um, for the wall warp power supplies, I use uh, one spot. I've really been happy with one spot over the years. Big Joe makes a less expensive one spot copy. That's also pretty good. Uh, if you guys want to save a little scratch and get the same thing, it looks like it's essentially the same kind of power supply. Um, those are both uh, power supplies that I use and I'm very happy with. Um, actually, for actual power supplies, though, I use the Chucks. Uh, it's the one that looks like it's weird. It's like C-I-O-K-S, whatever, Chucks power supplies. Absolutely love them. I mean, there's just absolutely love them. Um, and then uh, Greg says, love the show. Can you summarize characters characteristics of the Vintage 30 versus the Greenback versus the Copperback? Maybe better for a video, but I'm thinking Mojo and Tone style uh, decision. Oh, he's got a Mojo Tone style decision to make. Yes, 
So um, the copperback is the one I'm least familiar with. So that one I wouldn't be able to help you too much with because there's so many different speakers. You know what I mean? Like there's a black back that's kind of like the green back. And then there's the cream back, which I have a cream back as well. Um, what I'll do is I'll focus just for this because this is something I don't really need an audio uh, to give you, you know, a, a comparison. Vintage 30 to the green back. The vintage 30 is going to have a lot more bass response for sure. And bass is kind of the enemy of distortion, right? Um, the more bass in the frequency, the more the distortion is less tight. Does it make sense? A perfect example of this is Eddie Van Halen was notoriously known for playing 9 to 40s. He would play a 40-gauge string on his low E instead of a 42. And the theory on that was, again, that the, somehow the lower, the lower the frequency, the less the bass, the, the lower the frequency, the less distortion sounded crisp and tight. It gets a little flubby and different. And I think that's to the extremes of what he was doing. But, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not here to argue with Eddie Van Halen. He's going to know way more than me. But the, uh, excuse me, but to the vintage third and uh, greenback to me the greenbacks have a have a more fizzier distortion i like them if you want especially if your amp is breaking up and it doesn't have a lot of distortion already it the speakers will help create more distortion so like a greenback for me if you use like a a fender or a plexi or a low distortion or overdriven kind of amplifier the the greenbacks give you that 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 final edge of the distortion and let that kind of happen. Where if you're using a high gain amp, sometimes the greenbacks are unintuitive that way. They they're going to distort the amps are already fully distorted. You don't need any more distortion with the amps creating, but the speakers will continue to distort a little bit too. And uh, and it depends. They won't have that low end. So uh, to me, a vintage thirty is a great speaker if you're looking for something like you love the way the amp sounds. You just want to reproduce what the amp's doing and uh, get you know to keep it tighter and have that low end nice sound. Um, and I will use both, so you know. But I lean towards vintage 30s more so than greenbacks. There you go. The creambacks, I just don't know what I... Th I'm on the fence on what I think about creambacks. That's a longer discussion for another day. Okay. Uh, um, something. <laughs> uh, um, op, three, plin, dis, din. You guys sometimes your names. Uh, his icon's upside down. That's all I'm at. We're going to call him upside down. Okay, it says, uh, it says, there is a $20 roller bridge with great reviews on Amazon. Will it be better than my stock Harley Benton pot metal POS bridge? Thank you. Um, my guess is no. Okay, so what's what I'm seeing right now, uh, and, and, I get, and remember I started with this, my guess, because I'm not versed in either one of the two things you're talking about. Versed meaning I haven't physically touched them and compared them. So I can only give you my guess. My guess is, is that it could be slightly better. It's possible. But what I'm seeing is, is you can understand there's a mass flood now of parts on, in the internet. And what, I, what I'm noticing is all these companies that make all these guitars overseas, these inexpensive guitars, are now just taking the parts and selling the parts because there's great markup on the parts. I mean, think of this. You know, look at the Glary guitar. They sold the guitar for $65. It has a bridge and tuning keys on it. What's the cheap? What do you think they're going to sell those tuning keys for five bucks? Then no, they sell for like 10 bucks and they sell the bridge for like $15. And that sounds cheap. But then you think, okay, bridge and tuning keys, that's $25. That's, a, that's half, the, half the price of the guitar almost and just the bridge and tuning keys. So manufacturers that make inexpensive guitars are now flooding the, in, the market with inexpensive parts. And we're going, wow, tuning keys for a dollar. That's amazing. But it's not that they're bad. They're just not different. I watched a, a, a guy uh, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, 
he took some parts off an inexpensive guitar and replaced them with these aftermarket Amazon type parts. And I was looking at them and they were the same. They were the same. When I was looking at what I know to be quality and what my understanding is when I'm working on stuff and how I've learned what, you know, what to look for. It's not that he did anything bad. It's just, he didn't really change anything for the better. So my guess is no, it's uh, the roller bridge is probably great. And it's probably a little better. You know what I mean? It's just, it's possible. Just because you said, you, where you're throwing me off is you put P POS, right? You're saying your current bridge is junk. So I'm I'm imagining it can't be, you know, I'm the, the $20 bridge has got to be better than junk. But again, I'm going to say I'm, I would be shocked to find out that if they were any different. Let me put it this way. I would not be shocked to find out that the same bridge came in the same factory or same style bridge came in the same factory. So, so. So, uh, and Greg said, thanks. A great answer. Video series compare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that might be fun. Oh, okay. Ray Raymond's got a great question. Do you foresee amp makers suing amp simulator companies? This is a great question. And we'll end on the show on this question because this is a touchy subject between the amp makers and the amp sims. So I'll tell you a story that I, I, I'm somewhat familiar with. And I want to say this in a third party sense. So I want you to understand that I don't have any, uh, I'm aware because I'm in, in the industry, but I'm not in, in the point where I can speak as an authority of this matter. So anything I say is my, my conjecture. Okay. What I'm going to tell you is there was a point where if you look at AxeFX, AxeFX did have, uh, they had Friedman amps, right? So, so you had you had AxeFX, and they you could get uh, Friedman amp sims in them, labeled Friedman. There was a deal he was paying. I'm assuming some kind of royalty to Friedman, and uh, and uh, then it stopped. Now there's not. Now it's back to, you know, the AxeFX has all the weird. Friedman names again. You know what I mean? We all know what that means when they're like British sound, right? Or modern Cali, modern British sound. You know what I mean? We know what they mean when they can't say this. And that's what's funny about the, the amp simulators. The amp simulator companies, they can go in, of course, you can go in and listen to the tone and duplicate it and say, here's the tone. And uh, But they can't say the, the trademarks. They can't say this is a Fender tone, a Marshall tone, a Friedman tone, a Soldano tone. They can't say this. Now, I asked Dave Friedman about this. I said, hey, I noticed that they used to have, you know, the Friedman names and now they don't. So how does that work? And uh, what I got from him was an ethical answer. It was like, hey, he doesn't want to get into it for ethics, right? He's not here to, to, to say anything negative. He was just saying they used to and now they choose not to, right? Is what he said. And so what I'm going to tell you about that is, do I see the ant makers suing the companies? No, because the main thing they could sue them for is the trademarks, and they've seemed to remove that. So that's what what I, I don't see happening. What I don't understand, this is what I don't understand. What I don't understand about companies like, and I'm just going to pick on AxeFX because they were the ones in, in play, um, is they pay a royalty to these companies to use their names. So let's say AxeFX, to me, as a consumer, AxeFX copies the Fender Black, uh, Blackface 65 Deluxe, and they nail it in theory, right? Let's say that happens, and I believe it. I hear it, and I go, man, I cannot hear anything than a Fender Blackface Deluxe. Um, but to say Blackface or to say Fender, they got to pay trademark to Fender, and that, get, that means they got to pay them a couple bucks or a couple cents, right? Because trademarks are not as expensive as you think. They, they, they are expensive, but they're not as expensive as you think, trust me. And... Uh, they don't want to pay it because, again, that just comes out of their bottom line.
But as the consumer, I would rather it say thinner blackface. You know what I mean? I know there's different opinions out there. Don't get me wrong. I have friends that are the exact opposite to me. So if you're thinking the exact opposite, I've heard your side. My friends tell me the same thing. They're like, I'd rather save a buck and it just say California clean. But to me, it's like, I would rather, if I'm going to buy a product that simulates amps, just tell me what the amps are simulating exactly. Have the balls to say, this is a Friedman BE100. This is a, this is a Fender, uh, you know, twin right? This is what it is. We sound great. These companies signed off and say, yeah, we agree. They sound, it sounds the same. And we pay them a royalty for their trademarks, their names, not for the sounds because they don't have to trade. They don't have to pay for, for the sounds because they copied them. So um, that's what I would like to see. I would like that to see that happen because not only would that help uh, everybody in the industry promote themselves and make money, but think about this. It makes me when I'm playing an XFX go, man, I really like the Saldano, you know, the, the, the SLO sound. Maybe I'll go get a real one and have my access access effects as a backup. Um, when it's, uh, you know, when they use like I have the helix and the helix does it too. It's the same silliness. It's like, you know, uh, what's I doctor it was doctor interstate. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they couldn't say doctor Z, uh, whatever. What's the not interstate, but it's like highway amp or whatever. Uh, to me, I, I just don't understand why these amp sim companies, there's not enough margin in this that they can't figure out some kind of royalty deal with these companies. And then again, I could be picking on the wrong side. It could be the amp companies that are paying the butt. The point is what I'm trying to come at is from the consumer side. From the consumer side, I want this to happen. I want an amp simulator that says what it's simulating exactly. I kind of like that some of the plug-in computer softwares, you can buy Fender product, you can buy product that is... Uh, you know what I mean? That that is what it is. It, it makes me it makes me feel like, and it also makes me feel like if they have that relationship to work to work together, maybe as they learn, they could continue to make the product better. Like, you know, as feedback comes back from customers, like I don't really think it sounds like a Marshall. It would be nice if those companies were working in Marshall to finally get it even right and more right and more right. And I think that's just nice. But again, from the consumer, that's the way what I want to say. Uh, see it. That being said, do I think that I'm gonna, you're going to see amp companies suing the sim companies? No, I think, unfortunately, like we've seen in a lot of areas of the, of, of legality in the world, they skirt such a, such a gray area. I just don't know what the legal foundation for an amp company is to sue if they're not using any of their trademark stuff. Because again, a tone is almost an impossible thing to trademark, right? So, uh, hold on, I got a great question. I just want to answer it in a second. So, um, so that's the... That's what I'm getting at, right? Uh, you know, I just don't see it that way. Because think of it this way: I would, I would guess, and this all end on, the, on this part of the question. I would guess that if, uh, if uh, again, I'll just use Friedman because they were, you know, they're in play. So if Friedman was to say, "Hey, this this company's trademark infringed our sound. They're making us sound like a BE100." Well, then the that's the beautiful part of the the world that these uh, Amsim guys have come up with. They can go to court and go, "Well, actually, we cloned it off a totally different amp. It doesn't sound anything like his amp." You know what I mean? And then they have to argue how much it does or doesn't sound like the amp. See what I'm saying? So the trademarks are the only thing that seems like the legality holds everybody. So there you go. And then Chris says, I missed a super chat. Let me uh, uh, do that. Somebody asked me a great question. Hold on. It was a, it was a good question and I want to get back to it. Uh, somebody's question. And I feel horrible if I don't grab their name. And I don't think I'm going to. I'm trying to find it. But the question was, would I ever have Scott Grove on the show? Uh, and the answer is yes and no. I would love to do a live show with Scott Grove. 
I don't, I don't even care if he curses. I would never restrict anybody. If you notice when I have people on like Phil X, he still curses. Sometimes I bleeped it, but most of the time I didn't, uh, you know what I mean? It's not them. It's there. You know what I mean? Uh, so Scott, I would have Scott on. I just wouldn't do it on one of these. I would do it on a separate uh, addendum show because that way people who'd be interested in it would watch it. And then people who are not interested and just want to see this kind of type thing that I do, I wouldn't take away from that. But to answer your question, yeah, I've never reached out to him. I, you know what it is? You know, one thing I liked about Scott, I've always liked about Scott uh, is that he is, uh, well, he's opinionated. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, because he is opinionated, he tends to, uh, you know, he has his own rules uh, and he does his own thing. So I'm not sure how into it he would be. It was Dave El David Elson. Thank you, David. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, yes, would I do it? Absolutely. Just because I'd love to see how crazy uh, it would be. It would be crazy. <laughs> It'd be a crazy show. It'd be fun. He's he's knowledgeable, but he's also. He's entertaining. Like I said, I watched, he was one of my first channels I ever watched. It was him. I think I told you guys this. Hims. Uh, I listened to him. Chapman, of course. Uh, Gearman Dude, The Tone King. Um, those were all like my early channels that I used to watch. So, okay. There's a super chat. Somebody said I missed a super chat. Hold on. I don't want to leave and not scoop that up. Uh, Michael uh, just did a super chat for no reason. I appreciate that. Um, and it was Chris, right? Hold on. Please bear with me, guys, as I read through. Oh, okay. Here it is. Sorry, Chris. I found it. it says, hey, Phil. In fact, there's two. I got two. Um, hey, Phil. I bought a GFS. That's Guitar Fetish. That's a, a website. He bought a Guitar Fetish humbucker for his Infinity Strat for the bridge. Are there any special wiring tips I need to know for the Strat single humbucker? Um, no, not at all. You could run, if you're running, uh, so I'm assuming you're going to run a humbucker single single. You could run that and leave the 250K potentiometers in there. You'd be fine in your Affinity Strat. Um, uh, there's no problem at all if you want to leave, install the humbucker and still have everything to 250s. You're, you're totally fine with doing that. I wouldn't worry about it. If you want to switch that out, you can. Um, I would not switch out if I had a humbucker single single strat, I would not switch out the potentiometers to 500 Ks. I would leave them at 250 Ks or I would buy a stackable 250 K to 500 K. That's uh, something they sell, sell on Sweetwater. Fender makes it. It's a, it's a stackable volume potentiometer it has a 250 K on one side and a 500 on the other. And then you just wire single coils, to the 250 K and you wire the uh, humbucker to the 500 K. And it's just so everybody sees the, you know, kind of the resistance they want. Um, but again, is it that important? No, millions of guitars have made millions of albums exactly wired up the way you're about to do it. So no, nothing you need to know in particular. So you're good to go. So, um, and shut up. Let's talk says old Ibanez trim is snapping the B string help. So the Ibanez trims, a lot of, like a lot of tremolos are, you know, not the best quality metal. And so you might want to have a burr on there. That happens. And it's one of those things like you think you're going to see it. You won't see it. You're going to have to feel for it. So what you want to do on your B string is uh, check, take the string off, take your finger and physically 
move it around that area where the string is, especially where the string is coming in contact with. Make sure you don't feel any burrs or anything. If you don't feel anything, take a piece of paper and, and wrap it over your finger, tissue paper even better, just paper, and then do it and see if you can scratch the paper or find, find anything. If you can't, then doesn't matter if you can't, at that point, you still have to polish it. So what you want to do is polish it. Um, and there's a ton of things you can use to do that. You can use some micro mesh to do that, which is what I prefer. You can use steel wool, but it can, you're going to have to tape, uh, take masking tape of some sort and tape up all your pickups so that they, the fibers off the uh, steel wool don't get on the pickups and just go ahead and use that to polish it out. If believe it or not, I have found great success with this. If you have an old piece of leather that works perfect, you know what I mean? Um, especially the inside of the leather where it's rough. A piece of leather works to me the best. I just go in there and just rub rub the spot where the string is coming in and try to smooth out anywhere where it can, it can cut the string. And in your brain, you're thinking, well, there's no, I'm not looking, I'm not seeing any sharp ends. Trust me, we're talking about something so small, you you don't feel it because it's not something that will cut the string. It's just over time, it works on the, the it works on cutting a dent into the string. And then that, you know, I don't want to say dent, but you understand cutting a mark into the string and then it breaks. That's usually what I would recommend to do. Okay, that was easy. I like those last two questions. Those were cool. Those are fun. Um, and then another weird thing I just want to talk about because it's Christmas. <laughs> just a weird thing. As you guys know, I was in Europe. I was at the Sadowski event. And uh, when I was there, I was hanging out with some great people. I know Dieter from uh, Guitar and Bass. If you're familiar, they're a German magazine. They're in German. So, you know, I can't read it. <laughs> but, and the great guys, again, I want to th uh, thank you for hanging out with, uh, you know, I got to hang out with them. Thank you for your time. But I met some guys at Guitar World magazine and I just thought this was cool to share. I want to share this in a screenshot. This is actually from the Guitar World website. I, I mean, literally, I just why it matters for me to tell you, I have no idea, which is I don't get, this isn't a sponsor. I'm not getting anything for this, <laughs> right? In fact, and technically they could be even my competitors because we both make guitar related content. But, you know, they shared my videos. Guitar World Magazine has shared over 26 of my videos on their webpage and they've put me in an article in the paper. So I get, and their magazine. So I guess I, uh, this is just me reciprocating. They were mentioning this and I, I was in shock to find out you can buy Guitar World Magazine for a dollar an issue. It's 12 bucks. Like, and I was like, okay, what's the trick? <laughs> $18.95 shipping. No, it's 12, 12 bucks. It's the 24 bucks or 24 issues or 12 bucks. And I thought, you know, could you imagine 20 years ago when we had, is that, is that when people say, okay, boomers, when you say stuff like that, like, oh, back in the day. But I mean, do, do, I don't know, 12 bucks for 12 magazine just seems uh, super cool. <laughs> it just does. So, um, let me go ahead and go back to me. So anyways, I just wanted to let you know about it just because I was in a little shock about it. It was one of those things like, I was like, really? Is that really a thing? Or is there kind of some kind of trick to it? No, man. So I thought it's Christmas time. What a great gift. I know I was talking earlier about somebody was asking me for a gift. That's a, that would fall in that line. 12 bucks. You can give your buddy, uh, your friend, 12 guitar magazines. It just sounds cool, man. Um, I, I don't know. It just made me want to like figure out like who's, whose friends do I know and do I have their addresses? So I just thought I'd share that with you. I just thought it was fun. And uh, yeah, see, ST said worth it for the lessons. I, you know what it was? It's, it's at this point, I just couldn't come up with like a, you know, for 12 bucks. I don't even know how to translate that. That's like literally three Starbucks coffees. <laughs> so <laughs> so he says, okay, Boomer Cringe saying that. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know what it is? It's just, uh, well, I'm so out of sync with the 
what the world's doing. Every time I see stuff like the OK Boomer stuff, I'm like, oh, what's that? And then somebody explained it to me. And I, I still don't know if I quite understood, understood where it started. But I know when you say old timey things, that's what they, they're going to respond to you with. <laughs> Which, you know, hey, good, good for them. When I was when I was 19, I used to love to give older people crap. It was it's the best. It's the best. Uh, God bless you, kids, for doing it, man. Please give me crap. I don't care. Give give everybody older than you crap. You know what? <laughs> it's funnest thing. <laughs> so, all right. On that note, I think I'm gonna let you guys go. I'm just gonna double real quick check, make sure no super chat pounded in at the last minute, and it did. And that's why I want to check. Okay, HK's got a question, and uh, it's a strange one. <laughs> it says, what's dead too soon star? So I get it. It's not that they passed away. It was too soon. Uh, what I resurrect and record with. Oh, <sighs> that's tough. You know why? Because the, you're, you're asking me two questions. I know it sounds silly uh, to overthink this. Um, there's stars that die too soon that are talented that I would love to come, you know, come back and make a last album or some music and see them again, perform record with tricky. Cause some of the ones I like, I can tell you right now, the first one I think of is uh, Jocko Pistorius, but record with, I wouldn't have the guts to even, you know, I would tune his instrument up for him. How about that? Be like, here you go, Jocko. Can't wait to see what you do with it. Um, but so you answer your question, it would be Jocko Pistorius. Um, and the reason I say that is uh, there's so many good answers. You know I mean? When you do a question like that, it's, but here's why I do it. Jocko uh, with the, you know, weather report and stuff. He's one of the few musicians that passed away too young that um, like when I think of uh, John Lennon, you know, and, and I think of the Beatles and I think of the extensive Beatles catalog and I'm sure it would be great to see more music. Um, and I always think of that whenever I see, we see musicians who die too young, I always say all the music we could still have would be great. But Jocko, this seems to be when I, when I got into Jocko, it seemed like as soon as I got into it, I was done. I was like, wow, that's it. That's all that's out there. It's not, it's not more of this. Um, I always say the same thing about Hendrix, you know, too, same thing. Cause his career was so short. It's great stuff, but there's just not vast catalogs of it. So there you go. There's my answer. I hope that was, that was good. <laughs> And uh, on that note, it's time to get ready for the holidays. And uh, and hold on. And then uh, I don't know if it's a question. Wolverine was saying TK was there too. I think he means with uh, in Europe and Germany and stuff. Yep, the Tone King was there as well. I actually did some videos with TK, of course. Um, we did some crazy ones too. I don't. I didn't talk about it uh, so you much on the show, so you know, is because um, so much of what we did there was kind of crazy <laughs> and I don't want to ruin any of it. Uh, it was really fun. Plus there's some stuff that I just know that won't make it, you know what I mean? Out. So I didn't know what of it will, and what of it no. But of course uh, we hung out and talked about guitar for hours every night, all of us. It was great. All right. Uh, on that note, I'm gonna let you guys go real quick. I want to do a quick shout out. Because I have a new, uh, we have a new patron for the for the uh, KYG crew, which supports the live show. And uh, this one, uh, this one is a new one. It's Kimball, uh, Kimball F. Johnson. Kimball, thank you so much. I got your response by the way. I sent you an email, and, and uh, I, he got me a response. I just want to let him know if he's watching that uh, I will 
get that out to him as ASAP. And I want to thank him for coming over and joining the KYG support crew. Uh, they're the ones who support the live show every week. And uh, that's why we don't have any companies uh, supporting, you know, sponsors for this live show. That's why. And I think that you guys seem to like it this way. I want to really thank them. The reason why I always shout out to the patrons, and I know some of you guys watching this, you know, maybe don't understand this. They literally support this so that I don't have a corporate sponsor for the live show, which it'd be very clearly that there's corporate sponsors that would enjoy to be part of a live show that gets like 20,000 average live views and 80,000 streams on a podcast. They would dig that, <laughs> but uh, it's important enough for you guys that if you're going to ask me questions about gear, that this particular show be not supported by any way with a company or product. And I appreciate that. And that's why we do it this way. And I'm shocked week after week, month after month that you guys have held in for so long doing this 139 episodes and you guys keep paying the bills for it. I appreciate it. It's crazy. And uh, I just want to thank you because uh, it's the end of the year and it's the holidays and it's another year that you guys literally made this happen. Thank you to all of you. Plus, of course, I can't think of them without thinking you crazy guys and gals that hang out with me every Friday. So it's really cool. Um, it is a highlight of the week. That is for sure. On that note, I'm going to let you go and have a Merry Christmas. And if you don't do Christmas, just have an awesome week. And, and, uh, and then I think we talk. Oh, you know what? Hold on a second. <laughs> Sometimes you need to check the calendar. I want to make sure. We, do we get to say hi? We do. We will see each other before the end of the year. So I will say Happy New Year on the next show. As always, guys, I want to thank you guys so much for your time. And until next time, know your gear. Ta-da.